My name's Buffalo Bill and you're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance FM. is The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston, and this week we're going to be courting a little bit of controversy with a very long, hard look at the biggest craze to have hit the bicycling scene since, well, the last craze to hit the bicycling scene. Yeah, I'm talking about riding a bike with a fixed wheel, or as people say over in America, a fixed gear. That's a bike with only one gear and no freewheel. A bike that you have to keep pedalling. There's no uh, coasting on these bikes. Once upon a time, all bikes had fixed wheels uh, until the invention of the freewheel and derailleur gear changes. And so for most of the 20th century, fixed wheel bikes were only used for riding around and around and around in velodromes. But if you've been on the streets of any of the world's big cycling cities over the past few years, you must have seen a growing number of track bikes being ridden out on the road. And here with me in the studio to discuss the subjects of uh, fixed gears are two aficionados, Roxy Erickson uh, from London and Madison, Wisconsin, and Gabriel Norgueira from Curitiba in Brazil. Welcome to the show, guys. Cheers. Thank you. So when did you both start riding bikes with fixed wheels and why, Roxy? Uh, I've been riding for three years and like lots of women, uh, I was courted and encouraged by my partner at the time and bullied <laughs> into into getting onto a fixed gear, which is what he rode, and then got my own addiction with them. And Gabriel? Well, I was cycling fixed gear, um, I think, around an, an one year ago. And after I went back home from London, uh, I used to ride a scooter all around. And I probably realized that a bike was faster in 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 a city. So when I got when I got back home, I started f- looking for information about cycling, and I found out like the the best way to cycle in in a city is with a proper with a racer bike. And if it's fixed wheel, it's even quicker. All right. Okay. Well, we'll come back to both of you um, in a moment. But first, one of the most popular bicycling blogs at the minute is called Bike Snob New York City. From his secret bomb-proof Brooklyn hideaway, uh, but the Bike Snob writes mercilessly about the spread of fixed-wheel culture on the streets of New York, lobbing 
uh, daily grenades and mortars over into the uh, the, the uh, areas of Williamsburg and uh, Chelsea and uh, the other parts of town where it all began. Um, anyway, I caught up with um, the bike snob yesterday and, and we had a chat um, by the medium of Skype telephony. And I began by asking to, him to tell me a bit more about the scene that he is talking about. The scene I'm talking about, I, I guess it's, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a younger 20-something kind of scene. It's definitely most visible in certain neighborhoods, certain neighborhoods that have become uh, recently uh, trendy or, or gentrified, as they like to say. It's certain things that have always been kind of uh, present in New York cycling culture, things like, like fixed gears and, and a certain style of dress and, a, a, you know, carrying a messenger bag and, and, and things like that. But it, it, um, it really exploded probably in the last, um, I, I always say off the top of my head, the last five years. It's kind of, it's kind of just blown up and uh, it's become very pervasive and, and uh, it has a lot of excesses with it that, uh, that are more and more visible. So tell me some of the specific targets of the scorn of bike snob New York City. I mean, one, you know, one of the things that, that never ceases to amaze me is when I'm riding and I see people just who, for the sake of fashion, are doing things that just appear to be really, really uncomfortable. As I've pointed out before, I see people who um, are riding brakeless bikes. Um, I see this with, with regularity, who are just visibly uncomfortable on the bike or visibly having a hard time keeping the bike under control. And uh, it's on one hand, it's it's a little upsetting and, and you worry about them. But on, on the other hand, it's just, I mean, it just makes you want to laugh. It makes you want to ride up to them and say, what are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> you don't look like you're having any fun. So that's uh, that's one of the biggest things. Anything else? Dressing your bike up in, in clothing, like, like all sorts of padding and things like that, and, and weird decorations that, that serve no purpose, and, and lots of uh, uh, tape everywhere on the bike except for the handlebars where you need it. Just generally having bikes that uh, are rolling uh, fashion projects and, and aren't really rideable. That's the, kind of thing, that's the kind of thing that drives me nuts is when the bike just looks like such a, a compromise in terms of rideability. So in your view, why would someone want to ride a bike that's not comfortable? It's certainly fashion. It's certainly uh, wanting to be a part of something that, uh, that looks cool to them. It's, it's reached a point where, where it's, uh, it's become so popular um, that it's, it's, starting to, it's starting to get a little ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, going back to the, the, the brakeless kind of thing, I mean, messengers, there's always been a bunch of messengers who rode track bikes and rode them brakeless. And I never had that, re I never used to have that reaction that, oh, this, what is this person doing? Because it was a small group of people. They did it. They had their own reasons for doing it. And they, you know, they were able to do it. You know, they, they knew how to stop their bikes. They were really good bike handlers and they can do it. And it, it, it's, uh, uh, um, it's now it's, it's just, it's just uh, out of control. And, you know, I hear about now people putting dummy brakes on their bikes to fool the authorities or whatever, which is just getting to a whole new, uh, <laughs> 
that's a whole new level of ridiculousness. I mean, they, I, I, my understanding of the reasons for for riding brakeless are to to be minimalist and to be hardcore and when and not to put extra stuff on your bike and then to put extra stuff on your bike and for you know that 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 doesn't even work seems a little silly. Although I realize I I understand it's that you know they're being tongue in cheek. Why did this happen now? I think uh, a lot of the aesthetic uh, that comes with that happens to appeal to people now and i think it's probably really complicated it's just uh it it just speaks to a, a certain age group to what extent do you think the fixed gear culture has its roots in other subcultures like uh, skateboarding or bmx riding i think that's definitely part of it definitely the the whole fixed gear thing has uh is becoming more and more like skating and BMX. And I think there's, I, I think it seems to be a certain kind of person. I think the people who are adopting it, you know, they're adults, they're nominally adults. They're, they're, they're in their twenties. They've probably recently moved to a big city and, and are starting to make their way, but they still have one foot in adolescence in a way or in, uh, in that kind of youthful rebellion thing and the track bike is uh, it's a step beyond the uh, the skateboard and the the BMX in sophistication but it's still um you know they're still sort of treating it like a BMX and a and a skateboard you know which is cool it's all fun and i think that the bike i think also that um the people adopting it you're at a point in your life where maybe um it's affordable um but it's um it's not extremely expensive and you can um you know it's a time in your life where you want transportation you live in a city uh you like to be able to get around and it's it's a it's a mode of transportation you can adopt that uh that that is uh, uh fashionable and fun and you know that's a good thing why do you think so many people have a problem with these hipsters on fixed gear bicycles shouldn't we be grateful that they've made cycling fashionable after so many years of cycling being a kind of marginal activity which society is not interested in more broadly shouldn't we be grateful for all of this rather than spending our time pouring scorn and making fun out of these people yeah, we should, and and uh, I, I I like to think that that when we exhibit scorn, we're aware we're doing it, and 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 we should be aware of our own uh, uh, silliness in doing so. It's 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 you know these people are cliches, but uh, also to react that way to to something you've been into for a long time becoming fashionable is also uh, a cliche. It's the same as you know people who have listened to punk for for you know. 10 or 20 years or whatever and uh you know and when people start discovering it they have that same score and like oh i was listening to that forever you know you, you you don't even get it you know you're just coming to it now you're not authentic or whatever you know people do that with music all the time people do that with uh with all kinds of things uh, people people feel proprietary about things that are special to them and people feel like they've paid a certain amount of dues and they feel like the people who um who are who are new to it and are adopting it now haven't paid the same amount of dues and don't have the same uh, entitlement to it and 
and you know it's an understandable way to feel and i think uh, all of us have it but uh, it you know it's it's a, it's a silly and wrong impulse and i i, I think it's it's uh, it's something that we all need to recognize we we have and do and and and, uh, and be able to laugh about it and i think especially with cycling cycling's cycling's hard you know and cycling has a lot of arcane rules and it has a lot of um history behind it and i think people have been hardcore cyclists for a while who have been racers or 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 whatever um who have suffered on the bike and who have been hazed themselves when they were younger and felt awkward and you know have have uh, put a lot of time into it when you see people then taking a, a a racing bike and doing kind of untenable things to it and and sort of you know, looking, putting on silly clothes and riding around in circles and putting their foot over the bar. You, you can't help but feel like a little bit uh, of, of good-natured scorn for that. So fashions come and go, and the rapid rise of the fixed gear fashion can't last forever. You've come up with some clever ways for people to uh, figure out if in their city they're approaching the apocalypse of the fixed gear fad. Well, the one that uh, that I came up with, with recently was called the the Pistadex, which is a, a, a <laughs> the one thing I always noticed on uh, Craigslist, especially is the Bianchi Pista, which is um, one of the most common off the rack, inexpensive entry level track bikes. And by the way, as an aside, I have absolutely nothing against pistas. I mean, it's a it's a you know, it was it was really a important thing in the market. It was a really smart bike, and and uh, one of the nice things, not to get too off the topic here, but one of the nice things about the fixed gear explosion is, uh, you know, more and more companies offer entry level track bikes. If you want to start track racing, you know, it's it's pretty easy now to find something cheap and 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 dabble in it. Whereas, uh, you know, your options were more limited before. So I would always see in the last few years that for some reason people. Uh, who buy pistas and then decide to sell them, always sell them for uh, pretty much what they would cost you new in a bike shop. And I could never get past that. I mean, why? Why do you think because you bought a pista and rode it for six months and like changed or removed the bar tape that 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 someone's going to give you what you paid for? Well, it? maybe people reckon they can charge more for the pre-worn look, like with jeans that have uh, got all holes in and look a bit tatty. Yeah, right, exactly, pre-distressed. Uh, so the, the Pistadex is a way of, uh, I think, the closer that, I think if you go to your local classifieds, the closer uh, the, the cost of a Bianchi is to the um, to the price of a new Bianchi Pista, that's, uh, that, that means uh, you've got a while to go before this thing goes out of style. I think as long as people feel comfortable uh, asking that much money, um, that that uh, this the, this thing's not going to go away or go out of style. So New York is probably where it all started. Is it where it's going to all end? How close is the Pistadex from hitting the red zone? And, and how close are we to moving into a new era of uh, bike fashion? And what will those fashions involve? It's certainly still very popular. I think it's been uh, evolving. I think that... There's definitely, at least from where I'm sitting, it appears that the whole what I call the fixed gear freestyler thing is becoming more and more popular, the the doing tricks on the bike and stuff like that. And 
I'm seeing a trend of the things people seem to be doing with their tracks, track bikes uh, are a little different than what they used to be doing. You know, now they're definitely being set up more for that kind of riding. You know, you used to, a few years ago, you used to see, it used to be bullhorns and flapping chops all over. Now, now it's more and more riser handlebars. Uh, you used to see people riding around. They wanted the bike to look look fast and be fast. They'd be riding huge gear ratios. Now they're riding lower gear ratios because that allows you to do wheelies and stuff like that. So it doesn't seem to be going away. It seems to be refining itself. It seems to be becoming a little bit more specialized. So I don't see it going anywhere. And I think that um, the, the next trendy bikes, I think that it's definitely sort of dovetailing with BMX a lot. I feel like BMXs are... are, are Something if it's not if it's not vintage BMXs, I think just the 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 fixed gears and the BMXs are going to merge more. I think you're going to see more of that. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the big companies start catching on to that and and more and more of market bikes that are built like that. And I think also that um, I think road bikes. I think geared kind of vintage type road bikes I have a feeling are getting I, I was this past summer seeing a lot of that in trendy neighborhoods seeing people wearing um, kind of vintagey looking cycling clothes and, and riding or more often walking or standing around with uh, old uh, older road bikes you know down to shifter road bikes and I'm also seeing the the fixed gear and the and the vintage road bike thing they seem to be merging I'm seeing more and more people on old road bikes with like with flop and chop or bullhorn handlebars that you'd usually see on a uh, on a fixed gear bike um, so I think that these people are sort of um, I think the trendier people are sort of starting to ride more some of them want gears but they're bringing some of the stuff over from the fixed gear side and I, I it seems like bmx and vintage road bikes well I'll look with interest to see if those prophecies come true bike snob New York City Thanks very much for coming on The Bike Show on Resonance FM. My, my pleasure. Ride safe. What do you make of uh, Bikes of New York City? Uh, I, I think he's fantastic. I, you know, I, d- I don't know of someone who blogs more incessantly <laughs> besides Bike Snap, so I think he, um, it, he really has his finger on the pulse, at least for the New York scene. And what are the differences between what's going on in New York and what's going on in London? Uh, well, he touched on that right at the end, the the idea that now the state is slowly turning more to vintage frames. Um, but I think the, the big difference is that London has always done that. London, uh, well, England itself has had such a longer history with cycling that when the fixed gear uh, phenomena hit here, 
they were already looking at track bikes that have been around for 20, 30 years. And the move towards the kind of freestyle um, riding um, rather than the, uh, the track bike. So it's the it kind of customizing uh, big pedals, um, riser bars. I mean, that's something that, that you're into, right? I looked at your bike when, when I came into the studio. <laughs> I have a pretty dumb-looking bike, according to the dumb. bike snob. I don't think it's dumb-looking. So what, what do you do it's, with that it's bike? It's beautiful. Um, yeah, my my bike is definitely heading more towards the the trick side of things than than the getting anywhere fast. And what kind of tricks are we talking about? I, you know, it's one of those things that I, I think is just starting to get names. Skateboarding has... Uh, such a longer history that there's lots of titles. Okay, for well, don't give, don't give them the titles. Just describe what it is that you're doing. You're riding backwards, yeah, doing wheelies. Yeah, well, backwards circles, track stand competitions, skids. Okay, that so that's of kind of traditional messenger championship stuff. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but then you, you see some of these kind of bicycle ballet um, films <laughs> on the YouTube with, with these kind of Chinese state circus people. I mean, have, have, is there anything that... that, that that you're doing that they can't do, or is it just a whole different thing? It's a whole different thing. I it, we were we were discussing that there was just a, a party this weekend showing a film called Mash that comes out of San Francisco. We were showing it in London for the first time, and um, a, and the discussion was whether or not fixed gear is sort of an amalgamation of all these different style of riding road BMX. And down to people like Inez Brune in New York, who's doing these ridiculous um, tricks on her bike and all over YouTube. Uh, and and whether fixed gear is kind of like the balance of all of that. It doesn't do any of them as good, but it, it sort of finds the average. And you're putting together a group of women uh, only yeah. doing these uh, doing these things. Tell us about that. Well, it, it came out of London Bike Polo, which has has really hit the scene big um but there there are a lot of women coming and and we decided to start Trixie Chicks which is a Tuesday night get together of women amazing women <laughs> um and we get together and play bike polo and do and stupid what was the, stuff. what was the motivation behind that <laughs> is is it a bit of a male-dominated scene is a bit macho? Or? Yeah, well, I think, like I said, when I was introducing myself, lots of women got involved because of their boyfriends or their partners. And you see on things like Fixed Gear Forum, uh, boys talking about their girlfriends and getting them these frames. But I think at some point, women get addicted and they want to own the scene themselves and they feel like they're only an extension of their boyfriends. And, uh, and, and this was a way to say, you know what, I kind of like this too. And so for listeners who want to get involved in that, um, what, what should they do? Uh, well, Fixed Gear Forum is the best way to find us and stay up to date. Um, but Trixie Chicks is on MySpace at MySpace.com. And Trixie you're meeting Chicks. on Tuesday nights, right? Whereabouts? Tuesday nights. Or at different places well, each week. If I told you, then men might come. Oh, is, is that a problem? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, we've, we've had a bit of that. Really? Um, we meet at Columbia Road at the Royal Oak. Okay. And, and uh, around 6.30, between 6.30 and 7. Men not allowed. Gabriel, you're going to have to find something else to do with your <laughs> Tuesday nights. Okay. Um, we, we, we go from, from London and New York to your city, Curitiba, in the very south of Brazil, where it's all just beginning, right? You haven't got this refined scene. Tell us about um, the history of, 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 of bike culture in Curitiba. Well, um, I started cycling, and as I said, just going to fixed gear was my first choice. 
uh, one year ago, around, well, around one year ago. And reading about it, I realized that the best way to get to know these bikes was going to the velodrome and talking to the guys that like do it like properly. And and we have a velodrome in my city, one of the few in Brazil. I think we have like three functional velodromes at the moment. And the one in my city is where the, the track, the Brazilian track train team trains and practice. And so I just went there and started talking to the guys and asking about, you know, uh, parts and bikes and where, where could I get them. So the first, my first bike was just a converted road bike, like 10, 10 speed converted into fix by, by myself. And then I managed to find a, a vintage one that was handmade in Argentina in 1976. And that's, that's the point, like you're talking about frames and the next trends and things like that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I kind of enjoy about um, the scene such as it is, is the DIY aspect to it and, and people mm-hmm. finding something at a bike jumble and then and then learning a little bit about bike mechanics because um, bikes with no gears or one gear um, uh, and only a front brake um, sometimes <laughs> it, uh, are kind of the easiest, most simple technically bikes, mm-hmm. you know, so it's actually a really good way into learning about how to maintain your bike and, 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 and making the changes and customizing it and getting bits and bobs. And obviously there'll always be people who go kind of a bit, bit bling over the top and, and are powder coating their rims um, and, and all the rest of it. But, but it's, it's a good way into like understanding how a bike works. And, and for me, that, that is what makes me so upset with these new companies that are out there that are selling like the urban bike experience kind of off the rack when actually the, one of the great merits of, of this whole phenomenon is that people are getting you know getting it into them getting it them, themselves and doing a DIY so every single bike's different not just buying it from some store uh, well for the DIY aspect i think that's one of the things that makes fixed gear so much more women friendly than other types of bicycles is i can fix everything on my bike the the other women at Trixie Chicks can as well. We you know you, you feel comfortable carrying that level of tools with you, and and if you don't understand one aspect of your bike, it's pretty easy to learn. But as far as the the off the shelf bikes, I I kind of have this motto that the best way to make the mass do anything is to make it cool, and I think cycling in urban centers no matter what bike you ride is a good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, it's, I get a sense that it's kind of being corrupted a little bit by the commercial interests. Well, the, the most off the shelf, the best seller is the Bianca Pista, and they've been doing this bike for like over 120 years. Yeah. <laughs> so so, ha- so they Gabriel- even started doing it just for this train. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing it for But ages. the super chromed one, you know, I don't know. That's, that's pretty <laughs> new, I think. Um, Gabriel, how, how many other people are riding bikes like yours in Curitiba? And, what, and what, what, do you, what, what kind of stuff are you doing? Well, um, I started with the guys at the Velodrome because, well, I wanted to learn it properly as I said so I started to learn it with the guys and start to train to practice at the velodrome but not competing because I'm a bit against competition so uh, I started cycling on the street and everybody like all the professionals just say no you're mad don't do it it's dangerous blah 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 and they're right they they, they no. ride in the velodrome they don't ride on the street yeah exactly they're right yeah. to say it's dangerous and mad to ride without brakes <laughs> well but I'm not going to ruin my frame. You but you've got a bit of a political uh, agenda as well for, yeah, in terms yeah, of the mayor and everything. Big. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. So you, you started Critical Mass. Yeah, we started it there. 
And I, I don't know, I don't know if it's uh, it happens all all over the the scenes in the world, like the fixed gear stuff getting really into the the critical mass thing, it becoming like a kind of no. What, no, they, they, I don't know. I mean, we, we went along, didn't we, on, on Friday night. It was a very rainy one. Yeah. Uh, I don't tend to go along to Critical Mass too often, um, uh, but I went along because you wanted to take a look. And yeah. um, it seemed to be, well, a little bit, I guess. But um, it, it, it was it's kind of, yeah, an odd combination of, like, the uber hip and then mm -hmm. the, like, bicycle commuters who've been doing it for a long time. It, it's just kind of nice. It's kind of kind of festival feeling. Mm -hmm. We're running up to our... Are uh, uh, the the seven o'clock hour, and um, I, I'm going to have to say thank you very much for joining us for this discussion. Maybe we'll return. We're certainly going to return to um, bike polo, and maybe um, you know you could take out a, a microphone and a and a recorder out with the Trixie chick sometime because obviously Definitely. I would not be allowed there, um, and that's <laughs> fine. Um, and um, Gabriel, you had some, one more thing you want to say? Yeah, maybe if people get get curious about the the fixed gear stuff in Portuguese, uh, you can check uh, the website I put together, and it's on www.rodafixa. That's R O D A F I xa.blogspot.com Okay, well we're going to play out now with a uh, the soundtrack to a short film called Bicycle Samba by Sophie Clements and John Hendicott and this is a little samba with all the uh, music played with parts of a bicycle. Uh, Gabriel, Roxy, thanks very much. Cheerio. Thank you.